Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 1st of August. With India reporting more than 57,000 fresh cases of COVID-19 and over 700 deaths in the last 24 hours, the total number of coronavirus infections has reached almost 17 lakh and the death toll has risen to more than 36,000. The recovery rate among COVID-19 patients was recorded at 64.53%, while the fatality rate further dropped to 2.15%. The third phase of unlocking restrictions begins today. On Wednesday, the centre had announced guidelines for the same, removing night curfew and allowing yoga institutes and gyms to reopen from 5th of August. However, on Thursday, Tamil Nadu and Bihar extended the statewide lockdown till August 31st and August 16th, respectively. In a three-judge bench headed by Justice Arun Mishra, the Supreme Court of India said that witnessing temple rituals through live streaming cannot be a substitute for a physical visit to the place of worship. It endorsed the opening of temples, churches and mosques and said that a limited number of devotees can be permitted inside religious places of worship. After the Delhi government had announced it would reopen hotels, the decision was later reversed by Lieutenant Governor Anil Bejal on Friday. Delhi Health Minister Satyendra Jain said that it would have been better if the Lieutenant Governor had allowed the state government to reopen hotels. Jain said, and I quote, Hotels at places bordering Delhi such as Noida, Ghaziabad and Haryana are opening. COVID-19 cases are decreasing in Delhi. However, in these places, cases are increasing. Unquote. Also, Jain announced that the next serological survey has started in Delhi from today. The five-day survey will cover all districts. A senior government official said that 15,000 samples would be collected from August 1st to August 5th in different areas and from different age groups. A seroprevalence survey involves testing the blood serum of individuals to check for the prevalence of antibodies against a particular virus. The last survey in Delhi showed that 23.48% of the participants developed immunoglobin G antibodies that indicated that they might have been infected by COVID-19. The study also noted that a large number of those infected were asymptomatic. Meanwhile, Ayodhya Senior Superintendent of Police Deepak Kumar said that all security arrangements will be followed at the foundation-laying ceremony of the Ram Temple on 5th of August. He said that all coronavirus-related protocols will be followed and route diversions have been planned at all 12 places to ease traffic movement. Kumar also requested people not to gather in groups of more than five. The mayor of Pune, Muridharal Mohal, has alleged that there are at least 400 suspected COVID-19 deaths that were unaccounted for in the city in July. Bringing it up with the Chief Minister Udhav Thakre, the mayor said, and I quote, There are at least 12 deaths of suspected coronavirus patients that are going unaccounted for in Sassoon Hospital daily. Similar cases are taking place in private hospitals also. These deaths remain unaccounted for because the patients are either brought dead to the hospital or they die immediately after being brought there. As per the guidelines, no test is conducted on a deceased. But when the doctors take the x-ray of these people, they show symptoms of COVID-19. Unquote. On Friday, the Jammu and Kashmir administration extended the detention of former Chief Minister and People's Democratic Party President Mehbooba Mufti by three months for the second time under the Public Safety Act. A section of officials in the administration said that they were not sure of the need to continue with her detention. She's the only political leader still detained under the PSA and her detention was scheduled to expire on August 5th. An order issued by the Home Secretary, Shalin Kabra, said that the Home Department considered it necessary to extend the detention, 
following recommendations by law enforcement agencies to that effect. But some senior officials informed that they were waiting for a signal from New Delhi to release Mufti. An official said, and I quote, No political leader is under PSA. We do not expect any trouble upon her release. Some officials said that the extension was routine and does not mean she would be necessarily kept under detention for three more months. Unquote. Mufti's daughter, Iltaja Mufti, has termed the third PSA against her mother as an Eid gift from the government, saying this would not deter her mother from expressing her outrage against the onslaught on their dignity and constitutional rights. Mehbooba Mufti was arrested on 5th of August last year, the day the central government abrogated the special status of Jammu and Kashmir and downgraded the state into two union territories. While Mufti was lodged under preventive detention for six months, she was booked under the PSA in February this year, along with former chief minister and political rival Umar Abdullah. In the latest development on late actor Sushant Singh Rajput's death, his sister Shweta Singh Kirti has appealed to the Prime Minister Narendra Modi to immediately look into the case while affirming the family's faith in India's judicial system. Shweta wrote on Instagram and I quote, Dear Sir, somehow my heart says you stand by the truth. We are from a very simple family. My request to you is to immediately look into this case and make sure that everything is handled in a sanitized way and no evidence is tampered with. Expecting justice to prevail. Unquote. Amid demands for a CBI inquiry into the death of the actor, Maharashtra Chief Minister Udhav Thakre had said on Friday that he deplored attempts to question the efficiency of Mumbai police in handling the investigation. The actor died on June 14th with the Mumbai police investigating the case. Earlier this week, Sushant's father, K.K. Singh, had filed an FIR in Patna against the actor's girlfriend, Rhea Chakrabarti, for abetment to suicide. A Bihar police team is in Mumbai currently, based on the complaint filed by the actor's father. In his FIR, he had accused Rhea of having befriended his son on May 2019 to further her own career and had also alleged that there were unexplained transfers of money from his son's bank account involving actor Rhea Chakrabarti and six others. The death of the actor Sushant Singh Rajput has unfortunately become a cradle for controversy, largely incited by TV news channels. If there's anything that competes with the tragedy of the actor's death, it is the media's coverage that has followed since. When the news first broke, we saw reporters rush to the actor's home in Bihar, barge their way in and record the family in their most private moments of grief. We saw a relative request them to leave, hands folded, to no avail. Till only a week ago, we were told of the brilliant mind that Rajput was, his love for science and stars, how he read books on astrophysics, read philosophers and quoted thinkers. And now suddenly, we are to believe that he was an impressionable mind who was led into believing in ghosts and pushed into depression because of the said controlling girlfriend. Manisha Pandey, in her opinion piece titled Sushant Singh Rajput, Something is Rotten in the State of TV News, clearly examines how most of the TV news channels presented the news by sabotaging journalism ethics in every possible way. You can read the piece on our website, newslaundry.com. Also, dear listeners, just a random but heartfelt shout-out to each and every News Laundry subscriber for your support. It is what keeps us going. For those of you who don't have a clue about what I'm talking, well, News Laundry is a reader-supported news and media critique platform that is 100% free of advertisements. The reason being, we, including our subscribers, believe that media cannot serve true public interest unless it is independent. News Laundry is solely answerable to its subscribers and not advertisers or sponsors who can influence news to serve their interests. 
In fact, every fortnight, our team has a live video chat session with our subscribers. Sometimes it's appreciation, sometimes it's criticism, and there are also many suggestions. This kind of regular interaction helps us grow better and stay transparent. If you want to be a part of our family, hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of the website and see for yourself. On Friday, senior journalist N. Ram, former Union Minister Arun Shori, and advocate Prashant Bhushan moved the Supreme Court challenging the validity of Section 2C1 of Contempt of Courts Act. The section criminalizes publication of any matter that could scandalize or lower the authority of courts. The petitioners contended that the provision is violative of the freedom of speech under Article 19 of the Constitution and effectively gags discourse on matters of public importance. Recently, the Supreme Court had invoked the provision to issue a notice to Bhushan for his tweets against CGI S.A. Bobde and the Apex Court. It was submitted that the provision raises a prior restraint on speech on matters of public and political importance by criminalizing criticism of court in sweeping and absolute terms. The provision, it was contended, has an extremely wide import and is incapable of objective interpretation. It was argued that the provision uses vague terminology whose scope and limits are impossible to demarcate. The plea also added, and I quote, in particular, the terminology scandalizes or tends to scandalize invites subjective and greatly differing readings and applications. It violates Article 14, which demands equal treatment and non-arbitrariness. Unquote. And now for some international updates. Globally, more than 17.5 million people have been infected with the novel coronavirus, with more than 670,000 dead. The United States, with over 4.5 million cases, is the worst affected country, followed by Brazil and India. The World Health Organization has said that given the potency of the virus, it is highly likely that the effects of the disease will be felt for decades. WHO Director Dr. Tedros said, and I quote, It is sobering to think that six months ago, when you recommended I declare a public health emergency of international concern, there were less than 100 cases and no deaths outside China. The pandemic is a once-in-a-century health crisis, the effects of which will be felt for decades to come. Unquote. Dr. Anthony Fauci, an infectious disease expert from the United States, has said that he was cautiously optimistic that a vaccine for the novel coronavirus would be a reality by the end of the year or as we go into 2021. But he also seemed to cast doubts over vaccines being developed in Russia and China, at least one of which is planned to be approved within the next two weeks. In China, one vaccine has already been approved for limited use after phase two trials. Fauci said that he does not believe that some other countries would be able to develop a vaccine so far ahead of the ones being developed in the US. It is in this context that he said that at least one of the vaccines being developed in the US would become a reality by the end of this year or early next year. In Brazil, President Bolsonaro, known for making several insensitive remarks about the virus, said that there is nothing to worry with regard to COVID-19 and that Brazilians must just face up to it. Bolsonaro, who himself had contracted the virus, said, and I quote, I knew I was going to catch it someday, as I think, unfortunately, nearly everyone here is going to catch it eventually. What are you afraid of? Face up to it. I regret the deaths, but people die every day from lots of things. That's life. Unquote. Meanwhile, Russia is preparing to start a mass vaccination campaign against COVID-19 in October. The announcement was made by the health minister who did not give details about the vaccine to be used and said that doctors and teachers would be the first to be vaccinated. 
It is speculated that Russia's first potential COVID-19 vaccine, developed by a state research facility, would secure local regulatory approval in August and will be administered to health workers soon after that. On Friday, President Donald Trump said that he will ban the fast-growing social media app TikTok from the United States as American authorities have raised concerns that the service could be a tool for Chinese intelligence. U.S. officials and lawmakers in recent weeks have voiced concerns that the wildly popular video platform is being used by Beijing for nefarious purposes. The company, however, has denied any links to the Chinese government. Media reports circulated before the announcement said that Trump would require the U.S. operations of the app to be divested from its Chinese parent firm ByteDance. But the president announced a ban. Trump also said that he would take action as soon as possible using emergency economic power or an executive order. Trump's move comes following a review by the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, which investigates deals affecting U.S. national security. TikTok, on the other hand, declined to comment on the reports of forced sales, saying, and I quote, We are confident in the long-term success of TikTok, unquote. The firm this week pledged a high level of transparency, including allowing reviews of its algorithms to assure users and regulators. TikTok CEO Kevin Mayer said, and I quote, We are not political, we do not accept political advertising and have no agenda. Our only objective is to remain a vibrant, dynamic platform for everyone to enjoy. TikTok has become the latest target, but we are not the enemy, unquote. With over 120 million active users in India, TikTok had the scale of a social theatre. But there was something more important to it. To begin with, TikTok found appeal in India as a form of a desperate revenge of the underclass against the unfair ways of fame and fortune. It drifted, however, to become something else. Stuck in its formulaic system, anxieties and crude excesses. But that is only a part of its story in India. A lazy and rather inadequate way to look at its popularity is by seeing it as an example of Warhol's prediction of 15 minutes of fame for all. Yet, that's still a dramatic statement. Fame for all is no fame at all. TikTok could not have thrived merely on the prospect of democratizing small-time popularity. For instance, it was interesting to look at the app's huge user base in an economically poor state like Bihar. The app coincided with the availability of cheap mobile data, especially after the advent of geodata plans. In numbers, the popularity of TikTok in Bihar can be gauged from the fact that in 2019, an estimated 10% of its users in India were from Bihar alone. To find out more about TikTok in Bihar, do read Anand Vardhan's piece titled It's the end of TikTok life in Bihar. What next? That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.